At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Foul Front Outdoors Tales and Tips segment, where we bring to light the heart of hunting through shared experiences and lessons learned. By talking with real hunters, both new and old, to preserve and share part of this passion that we hold dear, not only to entertain, but also to educate. So listen up, because this is Tales and Tips, and you're on the Foul Front. This week's episode is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, the fastest growing, most affordable decoys on the market, with unmatched customer service. Visit them online at divebombindustries.com, on Instagram or Facebook at Dive Bomb Industries. Or go ahead and give them a call anytime, seven days a week, at 314-322-7468. And go ahead and use the promo code FOULFRONT, all undercase with a space in between foul and front, for 10% off your next purchase of Dive Bomb Decoys. This episode also brought to you in part by Hunt Hickory Creek. And new to Hunt Hickory Creek this year is their Central Kansas Lodge. They're going to be running hunters from the end of October all the way through January. And their main hunting area is located between Kavira National Refuge and Cheyenne Bottoms. Now, Central Kansas is a special place for waterfowl hunting. And during the peak migration, these refuges hold hundreds of thousands, if not close to millions of birds at one time. So for your chance of a hunt of a lifetime, head on over to HuntHickoryCreek.com because if you're going to hunt Kansas... Hunt Hickory Creek. All right, today we've got Matt from High Prairie Sportsman. Matt, it's been a while. How you been, man? I've been pretty good. It's been uh, been a very busy summer for me, which is unusual. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I well, I can't say that I, I, I feel you. Summers are usually busy for me, but I am super excited to be getting done with all this hot weather and start getting into some birds and football. Yeah, that's. I'm right there with you. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. So today's topic, um, Matt, you're you're gonna, you're gonna be schooling us a little bit on what some teal and some public land hunting success, right? Yep. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, you guys learned something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. And uh, you know, with teal season right around the corner, and um, I think a lot of people really don't have an issue heading out to public land, or you know, don't. Uh, necessarily try to really get ramped up and get their permissions going and so they often wind up on on public land so uh, i think it's uh just about what we need right now yep yep um and i i I guess where do you want me to start here ben oh man well (laughs) let's uh 
let's go ahead and kick it off with uh let's start with some teal all right okay so uh teal are one of my favorite actually one of my favorite birds to shoot just because of the way they decoy they just come in giant balls and especially in during teal season you know they're just really really dumb because they haven't seen hardly any decoy spreads so you're hunting like uneducated birds and it, it can get like really really good action if you hit it just right and now correct me if i'm wrong here but teal have an extremely high um what do you call that death rate per year so like there's a lot of turnover in them so there, there's always fresh teal yeah i, I mean I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head or anything but i could definitely see that you know just the way they decoy and how small they are, there's probably food for everything. Yeah, for certain. Um, and we are also debating: is it called is it called balls of teal, or is it called pods, or is it called flocks? I, we did a you know we did another teal episode earlier, um, just covering a little some other stuff that we didn't get to here. But um, what, what do you call them? You call them balls of teal? I call them balls. Yeah. So if you know you get like twenty or thirty teal, they just because. Because, like, when you think of flock, or at least when I think of a flock, I'm thinking, you know, the typical V formation, like geese and uh, some of the other bigger ducks fly in, and these teal, you know, they're just all erratic. They're just in a, a blob, basically. That's, I've always just called them a ball of teal, but uh, I could see flock or anything else, too. Not, not important. Not an important question is what you're telling me. <laughs> no, it doesn't really affect them too much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So, um, well, let's take a, a moment here, real quick, to hear from one of our sponsors, um, and we will get past all that here shortly and get back into the conversation. Hey everyone, Austin here with Colorado Custom Game Calls. Are you looking for a duck or goose call for next season? Are you a budget hunter? Well, guys, let us know over here at Colorado Custom Game Calls. We provide high-quality calls at affordable prices. We are budget hunter-friendly. Whether it be the colors of the resin, the colors of the band, do you want something in your call? It's your call. You get to build it from the ground up. So, guys, make sure you go check us out on our Facebook and Instagram and on the web at coloradocustomgamecalls.com. Did you know that tagging migratory game birds after you harvest them is a federal law? Did you know it's being enforced in all 50 U.S. states and Canada? Well, Toe Tags LLC has just the solution for migratory game bird hunters, a waterproof tagging solution that meets all federal tagging laws. With several options of tags and custom tags available, this is perfect for all hunters. Whether you're an outfitter or a weekender, for just a few cents a day, you can ensure you're in compliance with the law. Contact Toe Tags LLC at www.toetagsllc.com. Hey, I want to tell you about a hunt logging system that my friend Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting has created. It's a site called Freelance Hunt Stats. At Freelance Hunt Stats, you can record information from each day's hunt, which allows you to remember what took place each day, and it also helps you improve your future hunting success. It's easy to use, it tracks game totals, weather patterns, shooting information, bird averages, and a lot more. So go to FreelanceHuntStats.com and create an account to start logging your hunts today. All right, Matt, so when you're calling teal, what are you using? Well, uh, actually, I just went out and got me a teal call yesterday <laughs> just because uh, your buddy uh, Elliot from Freelance, I heard him talking on their podcast, and he was he really sold me on that teal call. Like, I, I'm ready to give it a go. Before that, though, I just use a teal whistle and a mallard call, and, I mean, I, I had great luck with that, too, but uh, the teal call is a little higher-pitched sounding, um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens this season. I'm I'm pretty excited to give it a go. Yeah, you know that's one thing too is I I just use the the whistle and the mallard call. But um, you are the second person to tell me um, that Elliot has convinced them that they need a, uh, a a teal call. So I'm thinking Elliot's probably he's getting some sort of sponsorship from one of these uh, call makers or something. <laughs> getting some kickbacks. <laughs> yeah, getting some kickbacks for sure. For sure. But, uh, yeah, generally, how important do you think calling is for Teal? I, I mean, just calling in general, I, you know, I'm not a really a big proponent on calling. I mean, it obviously it has a place, but if, I mean, I would rather just shut up and let the decoys do the work. 
Um, I think Fred Zink actually has a quote, something like that. You know, they asked him what the best call was, and he said, um, motion in your decoys is the best call. It's, or some, it's something like that. But, and I would, you know, I would agree with that. Um, as long as you have motion, especially, you know, Teal love them spinning wing decoys, as long as you got something like that, you're not, you're not going to really have too tough a time hunting Teal unless they're super pressured or something else is going on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I definitely hear. You. I think the when it comes to motion, um, that's probably the bird that is most affected by by motion would be the teal. Yeah, well, you use dove spinners for them, don't you? I do. I uh, I just I use dove spinners because you can get about twice as many for the same amount of uh, of change or, or money. And uh, really, I've not seen a a difference. Um, or birds don't not decoy into them. Um, that being said, I do generally run my my mojos a, a little differently than most people do, but not during teal season. During teal season, you know, those things are up close and personal. Yep, that that's one of my favorite. That's why I love teal hunting so much. Is you know they you you can get them at like five yards most of the time. They'll come right in. Yeah, yeah. Now, how much how much teal hunting do you do up in the sand hills, or is that, or do you not do any out there? <laughs> well, uh, last year was the first year I teal hunted the sand hills. Um, just kind of wanted to see see what it looked like up there, and there was some around. Um, you know, we were still I was still messing with my cameras trying to figure them out. So, unfortunately, didn't get any footage from those. Uh, we did. Well, we went up two days the first two days and we shot six total in two days so i mean it was pretty slow but there was a few around there's just so much water up there that it's unless you you know and we didn't scout that's uh you know obviously you need something you need to do um but for whatever we were too busy and we didn't scout um and you know such, it, is, it, such is life that happens yeah yeah it, it it showed though it showed yeah, I've always found teal were a little bit more forgiving than um, some of their bigger duck counterparts when it comes to scouting, um, but it obviously it's still a very important factor. But I, speaking of the sandhills, though, I'm glad you glad you reminded me of this. Actually, going to start out our teal hunting season this year in the sandhills um, at another lake that I've scouted. I have already scouted. And there are a few birds around. Hopefully, I'll have to go back up there in the next week or so and uh, check it out again. But I'm gonna, I'm the first one with that traveling decoy, so I'm gonna oh, hopefully yeah. do it justice. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, hopefully do question, question for you. So you're that you're going on the opening day out there? Yep. Dang it. Okay, I'm trying to get hooked up with somebody because I'm gonna be. I'm. I think we're gonna. Me and my wife and my newborn are gonna tailgate. Do you know what time the kickoff is for Akron? Uh, 7 p.m. Central, I think. It's just, it's a uh, night game, I believe. You know, kickoff frost first year. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so I'm. if any of the Lincoln or Omaha listeners are listening right now, um, I am looking for a home around Lincoln that I can dart on over there. And uh, we'll get a Tales and Tips episode in out of the blind. And, uh, yes, I am begging right now. So I want to be able to have my cake and eat it. As they say, I want to be able to go uh, teal hunting in the morning and then hang out with my family and then go enjoy the tailgate uh, scene until my daughter decides it's time to poop and cry herself to sleep. So Maybe you need to do like a uh, tails and tip tailgate or something, you know? Oh, yeah. Foul sure. front tailgate or something. Get, uh, get a whole bunch of the listeners in the area. I see that we have like... Tons of listens in Lincoln, so I'm a little disappointed if uh, if uh, nobody reaches out. So, um, but obviously, you know, beggars are are cannot be choosers. So, <laughs> it, it sounds like if I want to hunt with you, I have to make a six hour drive out to the sand hills of Nebraska. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might get you know. I'll be back east later. I'll be uh, well. You know, south of Lincoln there later in the season once the geese show up. But yeah, yeah, we'll have to link up for that. So, but all right. At any rate, so you you scouted this lake, and is it looking promising? Are the teal showing up already, or what's going on? Yeah, there's uh, 
there's there's teal already around, um, not not huge numbers yet, and I mean they nest up in the sand hills. Some of them do, so there's some around, you know, all summer. Uh, so it, you know, there's there's huntable numbers up there. I believe, you know, maybe just like a solo hunt, but uh, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, uh, we get some cold fronts up north, and we can push some more of them down here. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, is there anything in particular that you do differently from hunting big ducks to hunting teal? Um, you know, is there is there a certain loadout? You know, what are you doing with decoys, or, or is there anything that's different? Okay, so I have, let's see, I have eight teal decoys. It was a dozen, but I had, uh, I bought blue wing decoys, and they weren't uh, all the brown ones, so I got rid, I sold the drakes off. So I have like two blue wings and then six green wings um, and a mojo. And then in addition to that, I throw my coot decoys out too because, you know, there's coots everywhere where I'm at. Um, It don't matter if you're in the sand hills or on the river or uh, lakes or whatever. They're all over. So I I run the coots. You know, I run them year-round like I've said before. And uh, that's about all I take, you know, just a little over a dozen decoys total and uh, the one mojo. And, you know, it gets them in if they're around. That's a very like, um, I mean, you're very big on you know public land hunting, and I would I wouldn't call it minimalist hunting, but you get away. You must be a much better hunter than I am because I, I have you get away with a lot less decoys than I do. I gotta throw a, you know as big a spread as I can to <laughs> try to convince these birds to get in on me. So yeah, so. Kind of how I how I approach my public land hunting or kind of my strategy is I kind of look at like an equation. So, uh, you know, you have your bigger numbers or you can go more um, – try to be more realistic. So, you know, I um, I do this with my mallards and stuff. I got the, the highly detailed uh, decoys. I'm not going to mention their name. Just, you know, <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> – don't want to offend anyone else. But uh, I got really highly detailed decoys that I run. And, you know, I, I try to do uh, do my scouting and, you know, I set up for whatever the weather patterns are and try to make it look as natural as possible. You know, um, see if there's birds that hug the cattails, I'll do some of that or uh, late season, I'll change them into breeding groups or, um, you know, it's just kind of maybe maybe uh maybe it doesn't do anything and we're just in a good spot i don't know but um i believe you know it it actually is working um yeah you're one of the only guys that i know that um really not one of the only guys but you really place a lot of stock in having a small amount of very high quality realistic um decoys which is kind of um that's a almost a counterculture these days at least you know what i know yeah well and yeah and i do it for ducks uh, geese you know granted i don't hunt geese as often but my group my goose spread is growing but for ducks you know i just uh when, especially when it's cold you know where they're gonna be they're gonna be where there's only open water so it's kind of kind of easy to figure out where they want to be and uh uh, you know, just set up with those small decoys, especially because some of the spots, you know, we're walking in up to a mile um, in some of the spots we hunt. So we kind of have to do it out of necessity, but also just, um, you know, just over the years, I've just kind of tweaked it a little bit. And that's, you know, that's the end result. Right, right. So um, so we hit calls, we hit decoys. Um, do you run a jerk rig in, in addition to the mojos or not? I haven't run a jerk rig for teal yet. Well, I take the back. No, I, I actually did run it last year once. Um, it didn't didn't really affect them because there was hardly any teal up there. That was one of the sand hills hunts. But uh, general, you know, regular season, I'll take. I have that jerk string in my bag all the time, and if it if the water's still, uh, I'll uh, hook it up and we'll we'll make some ripples. All right. Absolutely. Okay, so hides. Talk to me about hides during teal season. Okay, well, uh, pretty much everywhere I hunt is just uh, it's water, and then it moves into cattails. So basically, that's my hide. You know, I 
take my kayak out to get where I need to go, and then I stash my kayak, bend cattails over that, and then I'll uh, carve out a little hole for me to stand in. And then, like, you know, you you get enough of these cattails bent over, you can, like, place your gun on them so it can set up there out of the water and you don't have to hold it the whole time. And you, you kind of bend them over yourself because, you know, if they come right over you, they can see everything. And it just looks really weird, a dark hole there with, you know, maybe something moving in it. Um, that's the biggest thing with my hides. But usually the way I hunt, you know, I try to get the wind so they're not coming over me. So, you know, get them out in front and don't really have to pay too much or, or you know, might not have to have them look at me as much as if, you know, if the wind was from another direction. Do you ever use a, a stool or anything like that? I have a marsh chair. I haven't. It actually broke a couple of years ago, so I need to get a new one of those. But otherwise, I'm just uh, either sitting on my kayak or standing or uh, hoping there's dry ground with cattails in it that I can, you know, kind of take a knee in or sit, even sit on. Or, um, But I, I do need to get another stool. Yeah, for sure. But, that you know, that being said, too, is um, do you do you have everything on your kayak? I'm, I'm very interested in, in how you kayak hunt because – do you pack everything out on your kayak, or do you tow behind? Or yeah, so um, on my so my kayak, I kind of designed it so you know, even in case of capsizing, I don't lose the most important things. Um, that's why I have my gun rack. I have a gun rack mounted on the front of it that I can secure my gun in, and then on the very front, my mojo goes. It's got little elastic uh, straps that strap that down, and that's where the birds will go too. Um, when I, you know, when I'm coming back in and then on the back end, it's got kind of an empty cubby and that's where my camera equipment goes and my bag and that gets bungeed down too, and, you know, so it doesn't fall out. And then whatever space that's left, there's uh, decoys go in them. And then I have holes drilled because I got all my decoys on Texas rigs. So I hook the, hook the, uh, carabiners in the text or in the holes and I'll, uh, you know, I'll pull them behind you got to make sure the weights are in that cubby. Otherwise, you'll get a bunch of moss or stuff dragging. Sure. And then uh, it has – it's a fishing kayak too. So it has two pole holders on the back, and I just put my mojo uh, mojo stake in there, and I'm, you know, off to go. Man, I'd really – I know that you've done a couple – have you done a video of how you have your um, uh, kayak loaded out? Yeah, I mean, I kind of talked about it. I uh, – I want to do one more, you know, when I'm actually hunting, kind of showcase it. I, there's a couple videos, mainly the Sandhills ones, that kind of show it, how we uh, how we load our kayaks up. But I want, yeah, that's something I want to do this season. Yeah, as soon as you do, throw a link down in the, the Facebook group because uh, I'd be very, you know, and I know a lot of the listeners would be interested as well. So I can do that. Um, about how, how uh, you know, how long, if you have a, Let's let's call it a mile paddle in. How long does it take you about you know to get in with that kayak? Uh, I don't know if I paddled a mile. Okay. The farthest I think the farthest I paddled in a, that I know of, and I because uh, I went on Google Earth afterwards and measured it. It was uh, about a quarter of a mile, maybe a little bit longer, and that takes about fifteen minutes. Oh well, that's not that's not bad at all. A quarter of a mile, really. Yeah, I guess you could launch wherever with the kayak. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah, it, and and you know you can uh, set up wherever you're not limited like some like most of the boat blinds are. They can't you know they can't go in this real shallow stuff and the stuff that Till really loved the marshy stuff. Um, but kayaks, you can go pretty much anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I don't look into that, but and it's just you and uh, is it Devin normally yeah. you're out with so. Yep, Devin's out here too. He's got a kayak. Um, his is kind of different. He said his is like mine's a sit in. His is like a sit on. Yeah. So he has like his whole compartment. There's just a little hatch, and he puts like his gun and his all the other stuff in there, and then he just puts the decoys on the front. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well, okay, let's talk a little bit about public land. Some public tips and tricks. Because uh, you're you're pretty good at pulling uh, birds off in public spots that most people can't. So, um, well, I know one we've talked about already is the coots. 
Yep. Uh, so, you know, one of my main philosophies in waterfowl hunting, besides the realism aspect, and I guess this would kind of tie in with it, is uh, be different. You know, that's what I that's what I try to do. I try to differentiate myself, differentiate my decoy spreads from everyone else on the marsh. I mean, you think of a typical waterfowl spread, and this ain't, you know, this ain't uh, disparaging what anyone else does. It's just my personal beliefs. But, you know, everyone else or a typical waterfowl spread probably is just, you know, a dozen or two mallards and then maybe a half dozen geese goose decoys. Would you call it, would that be fair? That that sounds fair. That's exactly what's sitting in my garage for floaters. At least. <laughs> I got a few more floater geese, but. And, and, you know, out here, it seems like they run at least three mojos or lucky ducks or whatever. Um, so there's, there's people when they're duck hunting, they got spinners every time. And, you know, I'm not, not that big on the spinners late season. So that's like the first thing I do is, um, put that spinner away and let, you know, I'll work, I'll bring it out early season, maybe occasionally mid season, late season. It, that has to be like the perfect conditions. But, uh, so I keep the, keep the spinner away. I got the coot decoys and then I got uh, some other, like I got a whole mix of them. I got some divers and that, those are awesome. Like I got redhead and canvasback decoys and that white just contrasts so well. And that's, I think that's how we pulled in all them bufflehead last year. Oh, yeah, you guys shot a ton of bufflehead last year. And ringnecks. <laughs> yeah, so and we were we were the same way. We were covered up in ringnecks. Those yeah, are, those, those, are, those are fun to shoot. Not, yeah, not, not so fun much, to skin. <laughs> not fun to clean or, or cook, but no, I think a little no. extra milk in preparation. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so you know, and then I'll like uh, I'll run teal decoys year round, just my green head or my green wings. And, uh, I'll throw in like even late season, you know, when it's mainly mallards, I'll throw in like a pintail drake or, uh, something that'll just stick out that, you know, gets the bird's attention, like that white breast of them, or even a couple diver decoys, it depends where I'm hunting, you know, just trying to get those birds attention, of course, mixed in with some coots. Right, right. Now, how frequently do you have to... Uh, fight people or race people into a, a certain spot, you know? Not, not, uh, not too much. Um, the early, you know, obviously early season, uh, people, there was, there's a lot more people, but, uh, kind of, and this is probably the biggest tip I could give anyone for public land is work harder than anyone else. I mean, it's just like anything else in life, but if you put in the work, you eventually you'll see the results. So, you know, People, I've, and I've, you know, hunted when I've been hunting by Lincoln or Beatrice or even out here, you see it all the time. People, uh, you know, some people, they'll find the first spot that's closest to the uh, parking lot, and that's where they're setting up. And, you know, that's fine. Um, I'm going to walk down or get to wherever that, you know, I've seen the birds that I think is going to be the best spot. Um, that means, you know... I know guys, they hunt over by Lincoln, and they'll wade up. They'll almost top their waders wading out to this spot just so they can get away from the crowds and be at this awesome spot that the birds want to be at. Um, and I, I think, you know, some people will do that, but more than, you know, a lot of people won't. They're just going to kind of go the, go with the easiest flow. Right. Yeah. That's And that's, you know, nobody likes – well, I mean – Nobody likes to go out there and have to uh, put in tons of work, but it is definitely rewarding when, especially on public land when it's necessary and you end up uh, being more successful than, you know, the low hanging fruit. Yeah. And, I, you know, if, if no one else is hunting, I'll, I'll take those spots. And, you know, I have no problem with that if, if that's where I think the birds are going to be. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't like I don't like really being close to people when I'm hunting. I like to get away. That's one of the reasons I go hunting is to be away from people. <laughs> so I I'll walk and you know I'll keep walking just so I don't have to deal with it or sure. kayak even. So sure, that comes down to like having a plan B C D E F Z. Oh yeah, that's that's always important. You know, uh, if someone's in your spot. Either you better have another spot in mind or, you know, um, 
maybe they'll invite you in. You know, uh, there's a bunch of different things you can do, but you know, it, it always is helpful to have a plan B, C, D, F, all the way to Z. Yeah, and unfortunately, though, a lot of people, you know, they they don't have those plans. Especially, I know a lot of public hunting that I do ends up being a thing where I do a lot of internet scouting and I'm going to try a new spot out because uh, I, you know, maybe I couldn't get out there because it's an hour and a half away from where I live um, or, you know, it's a destination hunt for me and I'm trying to make it work. One of those things. So, yeah, for sure. And that's when uh, it comes. If you're a nice guy with uh, some good gear you can buddy up to that group that you, you know, uh, set up 400 yards down the way from you. <laughs> might work out well for you. Yeah, you might make some new buddies. Yeah. Well, what else uh, can, can we do to be successful on public land? I, I want to talk a little bit about your cart. Not only oh. do you, not only do you have, uh, you know, your your kayak but you've got this cart contraption yeah yep so it's basically just a uh i guess you could call it almost like a giant wheelbarrow and uh i actually am doing a video on it here it'll i don't know it'll be out in a couple of weeks but uh i beefed it up i because the wood was rotten over the last couple of years so i went out bought some new plywood replaced all the old plywood on it and i beefed up the walls by about a foot and a half, so I can hold even more decoys in. Um, but yeah, this, that cart is invaluable, especially late season when you know it's too cold for the kayaks, or um, if it's super windy, I'm not taking the kayak out. Uh, I'll take a walk in, or and this cart is very very useful for that. Uh, you just load it up, and uh, you can you can get a lot more decoys out that way. And um, I, I really like it for goose hunting. Um, you know we. When, where we go goose hunting sometimes on the public land, depending where we what blind we go to, it uh, it might be up to like half a mile. I think it might be even a mile, um, but it, it's a long walk, and there's no way we could carry all those full bodies and stuff. Um, right. So yeah, and, and plus you know uh, all the geese on the way back. <laughs> that uh, yeah, <laughs> that that saved me. Saved me a lot of uh, pain over the last couple of years because you know yeah. fifty pounds of geese. Yeah, it's no, uh, it's you know, it's not a real thought consideration for you know, hey, yeah, gonna go out there, gonna shoot six ducks, gonna throw them on the strap, and they'll fit somewhere in the. But you know, six geese, you know that uh, that's a little different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Devin's actually working on a cart now. He got uh, one of those pull behind baby strollers. You know, you pull behind a bike. Yeah. So he's got this, and he's got this—he's got this pretty good idea, and I—I I can't wait. I hope he gets it done for this season, so we can put it on film because I want to showcase this thing. He's gonna take a bike out there with this cart because it doesn't say no bikes or anything; it just says no motorized vehicles. So he's gonna bike all our decoys down <laughs> and like oh, waiters yeah, and stuff. Go. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're just gonna walk in behind him. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll have my cart, but I just, I just, I want to see this thing in action. It's, it's gonna be awesome when he gets it done. That's pretty funny. You guys are crazy. Now, how do you deal with? I know we're diverging a little bit away from, um, from teal here, but how do you deal with ice? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, you know, specifically out there. You know, you're doing a lot of walk-in stuff. You're not. I, I don't imagine you're bringing in a. Um, a sledgehammer um, with you, or or are you, or you know, how do you, or do you, how do you deal with ice? Okay, um, all right, let's see. So if if there's ice, usually I can, um, I'll either try to you know walk around it, walk so like I'll walk through it if it's thin enough that I can break it just with like my knees and stuff okay. or my hands, and then I'll just walk a hole out and then slide the whole sheet underneath like the rest of the ice, and then that'll be gotcha. my hole. Um, if it's too thick, I have an axe that I'll throw in and we'll, uh, we'll just cut a hole out or we'll go to, uh, you know, we got some rivers and, uh, sloughs out here that are warm water that don't freeze and we'll go hunt those too if we have to. 
Oh, I mean, well, that sounds like the the way to go right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, it works pretty good when uh, when like all the lakes and ponds and stuff around here freeze. That's when the rivers are hot, and it it, it can be really fun. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So during teal season, you're running no more than a dozen decoys, uh, a couple spinners, and hiding in the bush. Uh, yep. That, that sound about right. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. Okay. Um, question for you. When it comes to picking out a spot for teal, um, I know primarily you said you, you've got, you're going after the sandhills this year, but – do you prefer rivers? Do you prefer small ponds? Do you prefer edges of big lakes? What's what? What's the thing that you look for when you're um, trying to decide um, where, where you're going to target teal at? So uh, I, I've tried teal hunting on the river, and you know I have just had no luck on it. I'm I'm sure you know there are probably some on there, but uh, when I think teal, when I'm looking for teal, I'm looking for shallow wetland looking areas you know like mud flats um stuff like that that uh you know because teal they're dabblers they like to uh just kind of walk on the shoreline and slurp mud basically um so that's that's kind of what i'm looking for like mud flats just really shallow water um with cattails around it uh you know I, I don't really see them on big lakes or anything unless it's, you know, tailwaters once again or some, something like that. But, I, you know, I'm looking for the shallow water stuff. Um, I actually, we have a bunch of wetlands out here. They call them playas. And I've been oh, yeah. seeing teal, been seeing teal out there um, the last, well, for the last month. And I'm actually going to try knocking on some doors to uh, see if I can't go teal hunt a couple of those. Uh, just because, you know, no one would, no one teal hunts around that area. And I think uh, I think I think it might be pretty good. It might be pretty fun because they farm right up to these playas. So it's like you literally would be standing in corn, and in the middle of a cornfield, and there's this little puddle of water, basically, and you know the teal would just dump in. Huh. Yeah, I'll be waiting for my invite on that one. <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> for sure. Okay, uh, what are you shooting? shell and choke wise during teal season okay well i'll actually back it up one more uh one more step i actually changed guns for teal season too um Ooh, yeah okay. so rest of the duck season i use my remington verse max 12 gauge for teal season i use my, my remington 870 20 gauge oh you'd like to get sporty huh i well i just it's See, it's my upland gun. I can swing it a lot easier, and I think that's really important for teal hunting. You know, because they just they don't fly in a straight line. They they fly really erratically, so I can just get on them and get get that lead on them a lot quicker with that. Uh, plus, it's a really fun gun to shoot. Um, but you know, shell wise, I just shoot four shot uh, Winchester Super X or Kent uh, Kent. I think Kent uh, Fast Steels or whatever they are. Yep. I'll, I'll, either one of those brands, those are about the ones I usually go with. Um, choke, I think, what, what, modified, I believe, is what I got in there. Yeah, yeah. So modified choke, uh, four shot, twenty gauge. Well, that's uh, I, I might be taking my wife's twenty gauge out this year too, just for a little fun. It's a, unfortunately though, it's kind of a, it's a youth model, so it swings a little too fast. That's that's what mine is too. Oh really? Yeah, it's it's a short little gun. It's got maybe a twenty four inch barrel. Yeah. So yeah, it, I, I I think that's about what. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it in the gun the gun cabinet right now. But so, but yeah, man. What about recipes? Teal recipes. Oh, okay. So teal teal are like the easiest duck to cook. Um, they're one of the tastiest, in my opinion. Literally all I do, and I'll be doing a you know a kitchen or cooking video for these coming up this season. But uh, all I do for teal, you know, you breast them out, put a little bit of Worcestershire sauce on them, some Lowry seasoning salt, or no, not the seasoning salt. You put Montreal steak seasoning on them. You just throw them in the grill and you just cook them medium rare. Oh yeah, do you do it on the grill? You said. Yeah. 
Okay, nice. Um, well, you, you're talking about recipes and whatnot, but um, what what can we be seeing from High Prairie Sportsman this year? Okay, so well, we've got uh, we've got a lot of stuff planned here. Actually, going on the last fishing trip of the year uh, this weekend, gonna go after some musky. So we'll see. Ooh. See. We'll see what happens there. I've never caught a muskie. There's also pike. Never caught one of those. So I'd be happy just catching a pike. But uh, uh, that's that's about you know ending the fishing season for us until the hard water, and then uh, we'll start obviously start out teal hunting. I'm gonna got the first three weekend or three days uh, off. You know the Labor Day weekend. So start in the sand hills. Got some other places I'm scouting. Hopefully get a couple of them playa hunts in. I'm gonna try and hunt all nine days of teal season that means you know go after work or before work depends how ambitious i get but uh i'm trying i'm gonna try to hunt all nine days i'm gonna we're gonna bring every waterfowl hunt we go on this year uh we're gonna video it um i don't know if we'll post all of them you know eventually people might get tired of watching us get skunked every time but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens you guys but, you guys don't get skunked that often <sighs> No, it, it's usually when it happens. It's usually in November when you know before the big uh, before the big migrator front comes in, or I guess you could call it a foul front. Ooh. Um, yeah, actually, I don't think a lot of people probably don't know this, but um, kind of going back to the genesis of our podcast, it was from so you know I was part of Matt's. You know, I was a, I'm a contributor for Matt here on High Prairie Sportsman for for video and whatnot and. We had our, our podcast was initially called the Green Wing Podcast. Uh, well, it turns out that uh, that's, you know, if we wanted to do anything with the podcast, we'd have to change the name because that's a copyright name from Ducks Unlimited. Um, so we said, well, we're not going to do that. Uh, so I was in a, I was in a hard, I was in a hard way. And I, I was telling Matt, I said, Gosh, I cannot think of a new name that would do justice to this thing. Green Wing was just perfect, you know what I mean? All this other stuff, and and uh, enter Matt. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see you guys took it and ran with it. That's you're doing big things. But yeah, Matt Matt floated the the foul front, and I said that is perfect. I think from the time that you texted me that to the time that I was like recording. All, re-recording all of our, our old intros and stuff like that. I think I had like six or seven episodes out at that point. I think it was like maybe ten minutes. I was like, all right, got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, But, yeah, uh, you know, we're going to hit the sand hills up uh, the first three weekends. Um, hopefully get you guys up for a sand hills hunt. I know I uh, love having you, love having you and uh, Tegan up here. And whoever else, uh, maybe Wade might come up too. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, should I? Uh, should we bring any decoys up, or uh, <laughs> you know, uh, what, what do you need from us? I know we need a kayak, right? Yep, kayak or canoe. That's about it. Uh, we've we've got the decoy situation covered. Unless you happen to have that traveling decoy again, and you want to bring it back up. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> If I bring um, a kayak and then my ten foot John boat, would that be an, enough? Could we? Oh yeah, that would work. Okay, yeah. I don't like to I don't like to travel in that John boat too much, but I will pull a bunch of gear in there and, and maybe Tegan's one hundred and fifty pound butt like laying down in it or something. <laughs> yeah, that that would work. That would work really good. Uh, but yeah, so we. Uh, got that planned and uh then uh, you know we'll roll into regular duck season down here the zone three opener uh we'll hit the lakes we'll might go back up to the sand hills see what the uh you know see what the scouting looks like then and uh we'll uh hit november gonna take off a break for deer season got a few bucks that look pretty nice on camera hopefully i don't i don't know how it's gonna look because you know those gopros put so much range in in the film not sure how deer deer hunting would look on that, so got to figure something out for that. But uh, hopefully, bring a good deer hunt to you guys, and uh, then you'll move into goose season, and hopefully, I'll make it down to Kansas and shoot some honkers and snows with you. There is a new um, 
device that clamps your cell phone onto a spotting scope that has a swivel um, or, or a spotting scope or a scope as well, uh, I believe. You should look into that because uh, you could you could easily set it up that way, and that way you could kind of have you know a decent shot on it. But yeah, yep. And we'll see. You know, maybe the ducks are flying, and I won't make it out deer hunting after all. But uh, <laughs> who, who knows? Yeah, I'm actually going to get out and do some deer hunting this year myself. Um, I finally have some permission on like 300 acres that's very close to my house. I can literally be from stand to couch. In about 15 minutes, so. Oh, we can't beat that. No, 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 sir. Um, and so I've, I'm running some cameras out there, and I got a, I got a couple shooters um, on camera, but I need to do uh, myself a little bit more justice with uh, scouting out there. So. Yeah. So I guess what what are your guys' plans for this year? Uh, got any trips planned? I know you're doing the Hunt Hickory Creek thing. Um, what else are you guys doing? So, you know, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to start off my duck season this year, um, in Nebraska and I might just head on up to the old, uh, dingling, maybe oh. retrace the roots, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm going to start off September 1st. I'm going to, that's, that's the opener, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to start off in Nebraska and, uh, after that going to be hunting pretty much every weekend um, during our teal season. And then, oh, we're going to be starting up our migration report um, here shortly uh, after teal season, I believe. And uh, we got that Hunt Hickory Creek the first weekend of December slash the last weekend of November um, hunt. But in between there, we've actually got um, quite a few hunts planned out through the, you know, the end of October, uh, through November, um, just kind of hitting up some, some fields and some properties that we have around here. And, uh, I'm going to try to make, uh, I'm going to try to get a, a deer in the freezer or at least a doe. And, um, yeah, just going to be doing a lot of field hunting this year, I think. Um, Ooh, or, or sure, small ponds too. So literally any weekend you want to try to get on on that, let us know. So. Yeah, see, I've, I've never field hunted for ducks. Um, about the only extent to field hunting for geese, I haven't. I don't think I've shot a goose in a field. Uh, it's all been water. So I would love, I'd love to get on some good field hunting action. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that we're definitely going to be trying um, because we, we've got plenty of field. we got plenty of fields to, to hunt on, but you know how it is with fields. you just got to hope that all of your permissions – that the birds are just <laughs> there one day, right? Yeah. But, um, yep. We do have quite a quite a few ponds and quite a few. I got a couple spots on the blue, a couple spots on the Kansas, um, that uh, are looking pretty promising, to, to be honest with you. So we shouldn't we shouldn't be hard up for anything, and we're going to be running about fifteen dozen dive bomb uh, decoys, and then we've got about four or five dozen floaters uh, for geese that we're going to be running, and then. Obviously, we've got more duck decoys than we probably need. So, so I want to know because I just saw this on Facebook today. How long can? How long does it take you to set up a dozen dive bomb decoys? Me or or Tegan? You. Uh, I I have to think that I'm I'm a little quicker than Tegan. Oh, <laughs> I've got longer. I've got longer legs. Um, my reach, you know, he's probably a little bit quicker with the, you know, the fast twitch muscle fibers, but I think, uh, you know, I think I've, I think I've got the, a little better technique perhaps I've been watching some of the other submissions. So, um, but like I said, 27 seconds, uh, is what Tegan did it in. I think, uh, chase from hunt Hickory Creek had in 20 seconds. Um, which is, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, if you, if you ask me, uh, when it comes to setting out a dozen decoys. Now, what are what are the rules for this specifically? Like, what what do you define set up as? Okay, so the yeah the decoys need to be more than three feet apart, um, obviously. Oh. And uh, they, I mean, it has to be a realistic looking spread. Like, if you just lined them all up and, or like did them all within like a ten by ten yard, like 
obviously, we're just going to message you and say, ah, try again. <laughs> well, I was, I was just going to go on a sandbar and chuck 12 of them out there and hope they all stuck. <laughs> well, um, if you think you could gun geese over them, or... <laughs> <coughs> you made me laugh, man. Um, but, uh, I mean, if you think that you could uh, get it done over that, then, you know, that might be the... Uh, it might be your saving grace on that, but uh, generally it's kind of using a little subjective and good nature of fun. But uh, no kidding, uh, you know, like last week, like Cody said that uh, Cody from Dive Bomb, you know, he said, "Hey, get a few more guys on there, and we'll we'll do a little prize package." So kind of fun. All right, stuff. I'll have to give that a go. Yeah, man. And then obviously we're going to be doing some some uh, some snow goose hunting. I, I I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I don't want to promise anything, but I know we're doing a. Uh, I believe we're putting together a, a Hunt Hickory Creek snow goose hunt, and uh, might be might be even getting into uh, some snow geese decoys here ourselves. We don't know yet, but ooh, <laughs> that you, once you go down that road, yeah, you're you're committed. Once you start buying snow goose decoys, <laughs> you, or committed to the psych ward, more likely. So it, yeah. <laughs> For sure, for sure. But yeah, brother, I'm looking forward to this season. So I don't know about I am, you. I am. I am ready. You know, I've been dealing with the duck depression for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> that video, man. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check out. Matt did a video on the duck depression, and it is pretty funny. But yeah, you know, uh, I can't can't wait. Um, I don't know if, I don't think we're going to get that crane hunt in this year, but, uh, hopefully in the future, uh, I really want right. yeah, I was, I was planning on it and, you know, just everything came all, came all together and we, uh, just couldn't get the timing worked out. So I don't think it'll work out this season, but, uh, hopefully in the future we can get, finally get down there. Um, yeah, that would be, that'd be something I, I, I need to try my hand at that as well. So. Well, see, you can shoot them down there in Kansas. We we can't shoot them up here. Yeah, that's that's true. We can look at them. Yeah, <laughs> there's and there's plenty of them in Nebraska. That's for, we're the only we're the only state that they're protected in, right? There, uh, I think there's a couple other states, but like I know, I think it's like South Dakota, Wyoming, Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas. Like you can shoot them pretty much all this in like the Central Flyway, except here. But yeah, is there anything else you'd like to touch on before we uh, head on out of here? Uh, no, I, I think I think we pretty much covered it. You know, uh, I guess quick rundown: uh, scouting is important for public land and teal hunting. Uh, you know, motion motion is obviously important too. Uh, know when to call, know when not to call, and uh, just try to try to be a little different than your neighbors, and you might see better results and put in more work. Absolutely. The the tenets of a successful waterfowl hunt. So, Yep. All right, Matt. Well, I'm super excited to see what uh, is coming out on your guys' YouTube page this fall, and I I can't wait to get out in the blind with you this year, man. I know. Well, can't wait to have you guys up here and head down there, too. Yeah, I, absolutely. You know, we got I, got I got two spare bedrooms here, so you are always welcome. Huh. I might take you up on that. All right, man. Well, you have a good night. All right, you too. All right, later, brother. All right, I want to take a minute to thank some of our sponsors. We've got Hunt Hickory Creek. Hunt Hickory Creek is uh, located in southeast and central Kansas. They've got two different locations. And um, not only are they going to put you on the birds, but you're going to have a heck of a time. Um, these guys are some really good guys. we got Chase. He's over in the um, – he's really active in the, in the Facebook group. And then you've got Cody and then Scotty. Um, these guys are going to show you a great time. Um, and uh, they got a pretty sweet hunting lodge out there. And um, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure they still have some November dates left. So if you are looking for your hunt of a lifetime, uh, go hit up uh, hunthickorycreek.com or head on over to the Facebook page, uh, Foulfront Waterfowl Group, and hit them up. So we've also got Dive Bomb Industries. Dive Bomb Industries is... They've got some sick, sick decoys, and for absolutely incredible prices. And you just heard literally an hour um, 
of their CEO and their president. Uh, so it's a great company with great people that are looking to get people into affordable spreads. Literally, you ain't got the time and money to run a trailer full of three dozen or you know full bodies. Go look into these dive bombs. They're they're the, they're the real deal. Um, I, I can't say enough for it. And then they're also giving a 10% promo code, uh, foul front, um, two words, all undercase. We've also got Colorado custom game calls. Um, these calls, first and foremost, sound amazing. Um, and second, they're completely customizable. You can get whatever colors you can get. Uh, you can get a foul front band with our logo and our name on it. Um, you can get whatever different colors of resin that you want. Um, they're, they're awesome. And then you go hit up uh, Austin. He's in the uh, he's in the group as well. So uh, if you want a completely custom call that is tailored to um, your aesthetic needs and what you uh, and sounds great, head on over to Colorado Custom Game Calls for your ten percent off promo code of Foul Front. That's two words all in the case. Uh, next, we've got Freelance Hunt Stats. Uh, FreelanceHuntStats.com is created. It's the brainchild of uh, freelance duck hunter Elliot himself. Uh, he's also in the group, and this thing is pretty sweet. You can track all of your game totals, um, what the weather was like that day, by different location, uh, how many shots. Uh, you can look at cloudy versus sunny, windy versus non-windy, how many birds you harvested on what day at this pond. Um, it is going to help you be a hunter um, that is maximizing your potential. Um, and in a few years, that thing is going to be a robust database for knowledge. And he's got a great deal on it right now. So head on over to FreelanceHuntStats.com. Next, we've got ToeTags LLC. ToeTags LLC for like 18 cents a day. All right, imagine this. You've already spent the money on, on your hunting license, all of your decoys, your gas, your truck, uh, your shotgun, um, the coffee, all that stuff, um, and a considerable amount of time to, to hunt birds. What if I told you for 25 cents a day, you could stop yourself from breaking the law every single day? And I don't even know if it's 25 cents. I don't even know if it's that. I think it's less than that. I haven't done the math on it, but they're cheap. For like cents a day, not even a dollar a day, you can ensure that you are not breaking the law when it comes to tagging your migratory game birds. And it makes it super easy. All you have to do is fill out. You can do it, you can do it in the blind waiting for legal shooting time. That's how easy it is. No, there's no thought to it. Just shove them in your blind bag. Next time you shoot a bird, throw this 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 uh, tag on your strap, and you are good to go. Nobody, you know, no duck is worth seventeen thousand um, dollars, and or or whatever it is, and uh, possible jail time, and you getting into trouble. No one wants that. Not to mention not hunting for uh, several years. So we've got Ryan uh, from Toe Tags LLC coming on in a few weeks to uh, give us the lowdown. So. Uh, last but least, uh, last but not least, not last but least, um, we've got DocsOutdoorSupplies.com. They've got a foul front, uh, 10% discount code too, which is foul front, all one word, foul front 18, excuse me, all one word, 10% off. Um, a lot of these, uh, big box stores, they'll shoot you a really low price on the internet. And then by the time you get done adding the shipping and the taxes onto it, boom, you are in for it a lot more than you thought you were. Not at DocsOutdoorSupplies.com, which admittedly is my father's um, online store. Head on over there. He's got a lot of motion decoys. The price you see is the price you pay. It's got uh, that sounded really kitschy, but you know uh, the price that you see on there is what you're going to be paying. So, um, especially with that discount code, very comparable prices to some of the some of the big places. And he's got a lot of motion decoys on there, and anything else you need to get out into the woods. So. All right, guys, go ahead and support all those companies. We really appreciate it um, because they're the ones that help bring this podcast and make it possible every week. So, all right, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. Please come join us on our Facebook group, the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast group, where you can connect with a good group of hunters because we're all in this together. We need to act like it so that hopefully our great, great grandkids We'll be hunting ducks over our favorite public lands. Uh, we also ask that you go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes and 
give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And we really do want to hear back from you uh, so that we can give you the best possible content. I mean, if you get in on that Facebook group, you can get in there and you can ask questions and you can tell us what you want to hear next or you can tell us uh, what you don't like. And we'll be sure to tailor things to our listeners. So, all right. Stay safe out there and we will see you next week. Hey, you ever been sitting in front of your TV just wondering why you can't catch the latest episode of The Foul Front right there in your living room so you can press all your guests and family with your fine taste and podcast listening? Me neither. But hey, as a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, you can now find The Foul Front and some other great podcasts on your Apple TV, your Roku, your Amazon Fire Stick, Smart TV, even your gaming console just by downloading the Waypoint app. And heck, while you're there, they got over 2,500 hunting and fishing shows on demand. Go download the Waypoint app today. Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.